Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, welcome into another edition of The Lake Show. Here on the Good Neighbor News Talk 830 WCCO. Regular cast and crew, I'm your host, Henry Lake. Christopher Tubbs is producing. And we're happy to have you here listening to our fine station. I want to start tonight's show with a very, very serious topic. And it has to do with, I guess, it's, some people would term it vigilante justice. The thought of vigilante justice is a concept that I've never had a big issue with. Um, Because when somebody in the world has clearly been wronged, and it seems for a second like evil will prevail, um, I, I, I don't feel good about that. No one wants to see evil doers be able to get away with crimes, at least in my eyes. But Vigilante justice is not something that's just a blanket across the board type of deal. It's a case by case situation. And I think that when I kind of explain this ordeal that I want to get into and get your reaction to, I think that many of you will say, well, it's not necessarily vigilante justice. Some people are looking at it that way. Um, I'm not sure that it exactly fits. But if you come across as being on the verge, of taking someone's life and you end up on the wrong end. Them is the breaks. Those are the breaks. You played a terrible game and you lost in the worst way. And I'm somebody, I value human life. I do. But when someone else doesn't value human life and ends up in a situation where they initiate a negative interaction, I got to be honest with you. I don't feel as bad because that person isn't innocent. So, so let me lay out this situation for you. Harris County, Texas, okay, southwest Houston. A grand jury declined to file charges against a man who shot and killed a robber at a Southwest Houston restaurant. So now this situation took place a year ago tomorrow. All right, a year ago tomorrow. Eric Eugene Washington, 30 years old, was shot and killed as he was walking around through the restaurant robbing people, according to police. And I've watched the video, 
Okay, I watched the surveillance video from inside the restaurant. I saw what went down. They cut it and they stop it right at the spot where the robber, the assailant, he, before he gets killed. Okay? So what's happening in this video is this gentleman comes into the restaurant and he pulls out a gun, starts waving it around. Some people are getting on the floor and he's telling them, give me your stuff. Give me your money. Give it to me. Give it to me. And he's, he's walking around. He's waving it around in the air. And there are people sitting at tables. And it's not one of those restaurants like it's, um, it's, um, it's not going to, uh, I mean, which like parlor or the, the, it, it's more of a restaurant where it's part restaurant, part convenience store, right? It's one of those deals where they, they got booths. It's not fast food, but it's kind of fast food, if you get what, I'm, what I mean. And so there are people sitting there. There are people getting on the ground. Everybody's fearing for their lives. So as this gentleman is waving the gun around in people's faces and up in the air, he turns his back. He starts walking towards some people at a table. And as soon as he walks past one certain gentleman, that gentleman draws his weapon and shoots him dead. Restaurant owner Pedro Lopez, the grand jury declined to charge the shooter, and he agreed with the grand jury's decision. He also said the customer who fired the shots hasn't returned to his establishment since the shooting. The 46-year-old shooter wasn't identified. So I just laid it out for you. This this person is attempting to rob everyone in this restaurant. It went poorly for him. He ended up dead as he's trying to rob people. All right? He was masked up, entered the restaurant, demanded money, wallets from customers. And he got shot. He got killed. Now, there's a couple things about this situation because we know that when we talk about fearing for our lives, you have to be reasonable with that. Right? Like you, we hear about when somebody is on your property and let's say that you have a weapon and they're exiting your place trying to get away, that you don't shoot them in the back, right? Like that, that's kind of a... That's one of the things that that people they say don't do that because you're going to put yourself um, in a situation where you could be brought up on charges because at that particular point, I guess you're technically was supposed to just let it go and you're supposed to call the police. I, and to me, that's a slippery slope too. Okay, we can get to that as well. But this is what this is what happened. The gentleman that was robbing the restaurant. He ended up not having a real gun. So it wasn't even a real gun that he had. But you know what I say to that? So what? So what? You went into an establishment. You terrorized people. 
You had people fearing for their lives. And what happened? You messed around and found out. That's the breaks that you get. So when you look at this situation, people are divided there in Houston with regards to this incident. Some people are saying that this man was a hero and that he saved lives. Some people are saying, uh, he shouldn't have done that. Where do you guys stand with this specific situation the way that I laid it out? Because I'm going to tell you this right now. I do view the shooter as a hero. Because if I'm sitting there and I'm fearing for my life and I don't know what this gentleman is going to do and I don't know that that's not a real gun, I think that he, him pulling the trigger was the right thing to do. Now, I will say this, and, and, and this is just to be fully transparent about how this played out. There was something that the shooter did that I think um, was inappropriate. Okay, And I, I think that we could all agree on this. It sounds like, according to the report and everything, that after the robber was shot, he was essentially, um, what's the best word to use? Incapacitated, right? But you know what the... Uh, the person that was trying to play hero or the hero, what he did, he fired another shot. Almost like, you know, I'm going to put him away. And that's too far. I I think that that, that that's going overboard with it. Like if the person is no longer a threat, you, you don't go... And he didn't empty the clip, but you you know what I mean. You you don't you don't you don't take it any steps further. But how do you view this situation? Do you think that the grand jury that they did the right thing? Because I think that they did do the right thing by not um, charging this person that to me was fearing for their life. They fear for the lives of every person in that establishment. I'd love to get your reaction on the text line. With a couple of phone calls, 651-461-9226. That number again, 651-461-9226. We'll get your reaction, your takes. We'll do that next here on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. News Talk 830-WCCO. I believe this grand jury in Harris County, Texas, did the right thing and declined to uh, file these charges against this man. If you end up seeing the video and you see people with their hands up, people on the floors, people fearful for their lives, you'd understand. And however you want to look at them, whether it's um, hero, vigilant, whatever, I don't think you did anything wrong. To me, the fact that the, that the robber, had a fake gun, that's immaterial to me. I, 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 don't, I don't care about that. Because who is going to wait and see if it's real or not? No one cares about that. 651-461-9226. That's the WCCO talking text line for the 612. I completely agree with you, Like. The courts already found the man innocent. It just amazes me how the media wants to put these criminals on a pedestal. Well, well, no, no one, no one had, no one had determined anything with with the um, with the person that with the with the shooter, with the with the um, with the patron 
that was in the restaurant. Uh, wants to put these criminals on a pedestal. Uh, the man that was shot and killed, he earned what he deserved. I agree with that. And I guarantee a majority of the public agrees with the court's decision of Mark from, from Minnetonka. I, I, now, I will disagree with Mark from Minnetonka in that the media wants to put criminals on a pedestal. Who, who wants to put criminals on a pedestal? What, what, what? I don't know any host on this station that wants to put criminals on a pedestal. No, 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 I, nobody does. I, I don't, I, I don't get that. I mean, we do have criminals that are <clears throat> running for offices all over the country, but that's another topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, this from the 612, uh, yes, they did the right thing. I believe he was a good guy with a gun. If I had been a patron, he was my hero. All right, let's go to the uh, to the phone lines, and we'll start with Jay in St. Cloud. What's up, Jay? Hey, Henry. Yeah, I've had uh, a personal experience in this regard, and, and I'll preface my uh, comments by saying I agree with you completely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> this was a situation. I was a cop at the time in the 70s, and it was a, uh, a domestic assault thing. For one reason or another, I didn't have a backup with me. Um, you could clearly see the door was open just a little bit up to the safety chain. could clearly see this guy with a knife and uh, to his girlfriend. Uh, so I kicked the door, and he turned and came at me, and I was about to shoot him. And he turned around and was going to go get the, the woman. Mm. But just the same, the knife raised, he was, he was going to do something. I shot him yep. in the back. Yep. That's that. Now, two things I want to make clear here is in that situation, the law makes no distinguish, distinct, distinction between a cop and somebody who isn't. If the next-door neighbor had walked into the same scenario mm-hmm. with a firearm, he'd have been equally as entitled to do what I did. All right, so let me ask you, let me ask you this, Jay, because I, I'm looking at your situation, and I want to get back to the situation yeah. that, that we talked about with, this, with the news story. Answer me this. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the second shot? Okay? Because that, that no. one, now that, now that one, because that, that's, that's a slippery slope right there. I get the first shot, and if he's incapacitated yeah. and all that, I think that the second shot was, that, that's going too far. Do I still do I still appreciate the fact that this person wanted to save lives? Because his intention was to save lives. But I do think that the second shots part of it, not a good thing. Well, uh, the difference here is in contemporary training, officers are uh, taught to uh, empty their weapons nearly. Uh, you've heard all kinds of stories about cops that shoot people multiple times. The, yep. the, there is contemporary training to that extent. Yeah, but this was not in a cop. Case, mm-hmm. In my case, I killed him with one, so the second shot was a foregone conclusion. Yep. Yep. No, I hear you. And, and, and thanks to the phone call from Jay and St. Cloud. Listen, I, I'll bring it. <laughs> I, I'll bring up um, a true story, okay? That was something. Within my family, I think I might have brought this up once before earlier this last year, but I'll bring it up again. So, in the Deep South, my grandfather had an establishment 
pool hall, bar, liquor store, right? And it was one of those places, real small town, right? Mm-hmm. One of those where everybody knows you, right? Yeah. Everybody, pretty much everybody knows everybody. And so the, the situation was there were some individuals that were breaking into establishments. Okay? There were, they were people that were breaking into establishments and robbing establishments late night. A couple of places. My grandfather's place is one of them. Um, so it happened the first time. Okay. It happened again. Okay. My grandfather's establishment in the downtown part of the city, he went to law enforcement. And he said to them, hey, look, this is what's going on. Um. I need us to get to the bottom of it. You guys need to, because law enforcement wasn't taking it serious. He had reached out to them after the first time. Okay. Other establishments said something to about the break-ins. They weren't taking it serious. And then after the second time, my grandfather was like, look, are you guys going to do anything? And they just kind of poo-pooed it and kind of brushed it off. And he says, I'm just going to tell you right now, the next time I have to call you guys, you better bring a hearse or something, or something to that effect, right? You get you get the point yeah, that I'm yeah, trying to he, make. He, he yeah, he came up pretty I, I, strong. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. You know, th- that's not the exact language, but, but you you get what you I'm get saying. You get the gist, yeah. yeah. Well, lo and behold, they came back, and <clears throat> let's just say my grandfather was there late mm. that night. That was the last robbery in the town for a long time. Let's just put it like that. And the fate that this individual encountered in Houston, Texas, let's just say it's very similar. It is similar. This individual. And, I, and, I, and I'm not saying that to be like bragging about what my, my point is, is that when I heard this story, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I was like, this is like something out of a movie, right? This is something that you think that Clint Eastwood did. Yeah. Back, you know what I'm saying? Back in the day. Yeah, you, you do it. And then, I mean, you see it in a lot of but movies, it's real right? Life. It's like, yeah. yeah. Somebody's struggling, you know, barely there. And then you go over and it's like, you know, for effect. We see it all the time in, in movies. With, if, if you look at the video, and I, as you were kind of setting everything up in that first segment, I was sitting here following the video, almost like a watch along, like you were describing it, and I was watching it play out. And as this individual, the, the robber, was going from person to person, yes, and had them at, at gunpoint, yep. when the, the robber turns his back on this individual, I, I know that it's like, well, you don't shoot somebody in the back, but he, you don't know if this individual is going to turn right back around and yep. fire at you. Yep. So you might have a split second to make that decision, and absolutely, he – the, the – the, um, I wouldn't have waited for him to turn around either. No, because you don't you don't know. You have no idea if he might just turn around and, I, I mean, just empty the clip. You don't know what he's going to do. So I, I have absolutely no problem. The vigilante justice, like you were talking about here, I totally – I'm glad that the jury found him not guilty because it could have been a whole lot They didn't press charges. They didn't press charges. No, they didn't press charges. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, yeah. let me let me yeah, let me clarify. They didn't they didn't. It press never charges. went to trial. It never he was never charged. 
which I think was the right thing to yeah, do. Yeah, he shouldn't be. I'll be honest with you. It shouldn't have even taken a year, in my eyes. No. no. For us to figure this out. Think about how many people he might have saved by doing that. I, I, and you, you, you took, saw the video. You, yeah, I, I saw and it for the, myself. And it's not like the place is packed, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many people were in the establishment. Yeah, no, then like the texture says, you know, one of the textures, this was a good guy with a gun. He should be a hero, and he was a hero. Yep. All right, 651-461-9226. If you'd like to continue to react to that, uh, have at it. I'll get to maybe some more of your text here in a little bit. But there is a new professional team in town. There's a new game in town. The PWHL, the Professional Women's Hockey League. Minnesota now has a team. And they've already gotten off to a great start with them being 1-0. and Joining us next, the head coach of the Minnesota PWHL team and former NHL hockey player, Ken Klee. He joins us next year on The Lake Show. At the back with Jess Healy. Tossed ahead. Here comes Minnesota. Turned over right to Heisey. She scores! Taylor Heisey less than four minutes in. The number one overall pick in the draft scores the first PWHL goal on American ice. That's what it sounded like last night on Bally Sports North. It took all of three minutes and 58 seconds for Minnesota's first professional women's hockey league goal for their inaugural season. Uh, joining us now to talk about their win over Boston last night, 3-2, to two, is the head coach of the Minnesota PWHL team, Ken Klee. He joins us now on the John Schuster Coa Banker uh, hotline. And, uh, Ken, first off, congratulations. Uh, that's a pretty awesome highlight to have to hear uh, that came across the television last night. Yeah, definitely so. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, no, it's always good to – to play with the lead. So it was certainly nice when she uh, ripped one top shelf right away just to kind of, you know, I don't want to say take the crowd out of it, but it was definitely a big crowd and there was a lot of energy in the building. And uh, I think it was huge for our team, you know, getting that first goal. Well, Ken, talk about the energy that you and the organization has, because this is uh, starting from scratch, my man. Like this is a new league, uh, a new franchise. Just talk about uh, what it's been like to, uh, to be on the, the front end of this thing. Yeah, I mean, it's really an amazing opportunity. Uh, It's very exciting. Um, It's the first time really where, you know, there's a fully funded uh, women's professional league. So now these ladies who, you know, train so hard and and compete so hard year-round are actually getting, you know, paid and benefits and everything. And it's just really an amazing thing for me to be a part of. And to me, it's just an amazing thing for, for not only women's hockey, but just hockey in general. I just think it's an awesome thing. You know, years ago when you played in the uh, the NHL, did you ever envision that you would be a coach? <laughs> well, I used to, it's funny. I used to tell uh, my buddies, like, yeah, no way I'm getting into coaching, you know, <laughs> coaching my kids, all that stuff. But then, you know, as it goes, once you have, you know, one, two, all of a sudden I got three boys. And, uh, you know, I didn't get to see my older two play much when they were young because I was still playing and traveling. And, uh, and then when I first retired in 2009, I said, you know what, I want to spend as much time with them as I can. And, uh and obviously hockey was something they already loved. So it was uh, it was just a great way to really spend a lot of time with, with my kids, just like every father would. Yeah. What, what was it about this opportunity, Ken, that drew you in and you said that you wanted to be a part of, of coaching in the uh, PWHL? 
Well, I think it's, you know, it's, it's just really unique. I think they're, uh, you know, it's a neat opportunity. I, I had the chance to coach a national team uh, several years, and I had an unbelievable experience working with those uh, young ladies, and I have, I think, four of them on this current team. So um, that that immediately kind of drew me in, knowing what great people they are, how hard they work, how much they want to get better, how they listen. Uh, it's just a, a privilege to get to work with them every day. So um, I think that was kind of the, the start. And then, like you said, you know, it's we're in an original six time here. Um, it's pretty awesome to have an original six league Um you know, one ownership group owns the entire league, so they're they're really trying to make sure they do things right for the players, make sure they get it right, and uh, and then just really grow the sport. So it's just it's pretty cool. Yeah, we're talking to Ken Clee, head coach of the Minnesota uh, PWHL team here on the Lake Show on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Their first game this weekend at home. Uh, they'll be playing at the X uh, on Saturday, but uh, they won their initial. An inaugural game last night, three to two in Boston. Talk about what it was like from an atmosphere perspective in Boston. You just mentioned you get on the board first, you kind of take the crowd out of it. But what was it like from start to finish? Yeah, no, it, it was awesome. It, it was so exciting. I mean, we had kind of seen because they had started a couple of Canadian games uh, on the weekend. There had been one, I think, in in Toronto, and then there was one in Ottawa the night before where they had a, a sold out. You know, I think it was. 8,000 people at where the Ottawa 67s junior team plays. And, you know, you could tell how loud and electric the crowd was. And then so in Boston last night, it was the same kind of thing. I mean, once you got to the anthem and then it was really filling up and we were playing at uh, um, UMass Lowell's rink and, you know, just the energy in there, I could tell they were waiting to really have something to go crazy about. And then sure enough, in the second period, you know, once we were up 2-0 and they, they finally scored to make it 2-1. You know, the place erupted. I had some friends in the stands just that were just um, so impressed with the energy and everything in the building, the, the how much the fans were into it. So it was really neat. You know, Ken, I, I'm just so excited for the possibilities. And I know that you have to be as well being the head coach of this team. But when I look at women's sports right now, I mean, it's surging. Everybody's been talking about nonstop the college women's college basketball game and Caitlin Clark here and all the different women that have that have come through college basketball the last couple of years. You look at the WNBA. We look at so many different things that have been taking place in women's sports. We talk, talk about soccer. And I think that that hockey's just the next sport in the next league where it's going to go up, maybe up a notch. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I think it's an incredible thing. Like I said, when I had the chance to to coach some of the national team girls, I, I didn't. It was hard for me to understand how they put so much time, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into it when they weren't being paid. You know, I was fortunate enough, like you said, to to get to play in the NHL for a long time and to get, you know, financially compensated for all my sacrifice and and all my work. But um, it was definitely uh, it's awesome for them to have the opportunity to do it, and and I do think it is the next thing. You know, one of my buddies said to me last night after the game. He's like, well, you know, Ken, there's actually, you know, more girls out there than there are boys, you know, as far as sports go and stuff. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much this, you know, gives a, a young girl, you know, the opportunity to to look and dream of, hey, maybe one day I could be a professional hockey player and, and you know, get paid to play hockey and, and entertain in front of fans and just show off, you know, truly how great their skills are. Nice to see the start of a new league. Nice to see that Minnesota is being represented in this new league with an organization. Uh, but you're a coach, man. And, and and I look at this quote that's in today's uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune. 
uh, of you saying, I just told the team I'm happy for the win, but we have a lot of areas to get better at. I don't want to give up 35 shots. I don't want to give up that many scoring chances. Just talk about uh, you know, what you told your team after the game to kind of let them know that, look, we're a work in progress, but, uh, but we'll get there eventually. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. I mean, that's, you know, I believe that. I believe that we need to try to get better every day. I mean, and like I said last night, I mean, hey, I'm ecstatic we got the win, but I know we can play way better. I know individually and collectively we can make a lot better decisions at certain areas of the game. And, uh, you know, and some of that is on me. Obviously, I've only been here, you know, less than a week. So to try to get them up to the way that I that I want them to play, to set our expectation as a coaching staff, to to how they're going to have to play, the habits they're going to have to uh, have day in and day out, and then and then just get to, getting them up to to live up to that every day, where they know that that that's the standard, you know, and and so it's good, you know, for me as a coach, it's, it's exciting because that means uh, I get to teach, which is what I love to do, trying to help players become their best, and and uh, that's why I do it. So it's it's really exciting for me. Talking to Ken Clee, head coach of the Minnesota. PWHL team here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. All right, for all the people out there listening, I need you to do me a favor, Ken. Uh, give me a couple of names or tell and sell the people on why they should come out and support your squad, but maybe give them a couple of, of, of names and players and athletes that you're coaching that they should look out for. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can start with our captain, Kendall Coyne. I mean, she's a, a three-time Olympian. Uh, a new mom and and also just an incredible person player she was in the nhl skills competition where she competed well you know against the men and and showed well and and her times were right there with theirs and you know so she's obviously a dynamic player super exciting to watch she's only going to get better last night was her first game i think in in almost a year so you know i know she's only getting better um obviously taylor heisey uh, you guys had had her go on there. She was the first overall pick. You know, she's kind of to me the next one for when you look at uh, all the American great players. You know, and Natalie Darwitz, uh, Cameron Granado, um, Megan Duggan. You start looking at some of the you know top players who have come through the U.S. program. You know, Taylor is is, is the next one. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. That's what you know her expectation is as well as mine. I mean, she's had a couple of you know, world championships under her belt. Now she won. She led the tournament in scoring. Um, so, you know, she's just, she can do everything. She's, she's powerful. She can, she has speed. She has skills. Uh, she's got a, a toughness to her. Um, so it, it's really fun to watch them go. And that's something I think people should know too. It's the hockey's a little bit different. They, they have hired basically all American league uh, refs to say, Hey, we're going to allow pretty much full body contact along the wall, you know, getting to play physical, which for me as the U S coach, I, I was used to that when we would play Canada, they would really let, let them play, which was great. Let them battle, let them earn it. And now with this new league, you know, those, those standards are, are in place as well. So it's, it's really exciting. You know, Ken, I, uh, it's happy to have, I'm happy to have you here on the show tonight uh, talking about um, your team, this league, uh, as a startup, I look forward to getting out and, and watching you guys play. I wish I could be there Saturday. I have a a Founders Day event for my fraternity, and I, I can't make it. But I'm I'm gonna be sure to uh, to make it out eventually and check you guys out. But uh, hey, congratulations! But you're undefeated right now. That's it. There we go. Can't win them all if you don't win the first one. Right? So <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, thanks so much, Coach. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, for having us. All right. Take care. That's uh, Ken Lee joining us here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. And look. 
the way that he views it, I view it too. Now is the time to push in all your chips on women's sports. It is. It absolutely is. Whether it's looking at soccer, Mm -hmm. you talk about college basketball, you talk about the WNBA, like there's so much going on with women's athletics. Now's the time. And I feel and, like, and that's probably one of the biggest reasons why just the momentum that's been created the last couple of years, why we do now have a professional women's hockey league. And I'm glad that people look at it as not a novelty. People, oh, well, it's women's sports. Okay, yeah, Title IX. All I, these women are very, very good at what they do. Caitlin Clark is a superstar. She is. Paige Beckers, a superstar. I mean, the, the women's sports right now is growing exponentially and the midwest i'm they don't support it all over the country like they do in the midwest that is a fact so i am really glad that we've got something like this and again especially hockey where we are a hotbed for hockey and to give the the females the girls the women a platform absolutely awesome and fantastic start Coming up next, I got to admit it, there is a downside to us not having a typical winter. We get to that next year on The Lake Show. Even though I'm not necessarily bummed out by it being warmer this winter and there not really being any snow, it doesn't mean that you don't have the right to be bummed out. Everybody has the right to feel however they want to feel. Some people love everything about winter. And I'm not a winter complainer. One way or the other, because yeah. as a Minnesotan, we know we're going to have snow and we know it's going to be cold. That's just the expectation. I don't care how long you've been here. Those are a couple of things you know about Minnesota. It's going to happen. And you know that if it hasn't gotten super cold yet, it's going to get there. If you think about, well, there's not any snow here yet, it's going to come. Mm-hmm. But the timing has to be right, too. So for those people out there that like to do the typical events and outdoor stuff uh, in the wintertime in Minnesota, some of the events that you're accustomed to going to or participating in, not going to be around this winter. It doesn't seem like. And one of those is the 40th running of the John Bear Grease Sled Dog Marathon in Duluth. It's been canceled. Okay. Um, To that, I would say that's a bummer. It it is an absolute bummer. Now, it's not something I'm going to do. I'm not looking to participate. Um, I'm not well-versed in it and don't have a ton of knowledge about it. But it still sucks for the people that want to be a part of it. It's something that's not a first-year event. It has, you know, a history. It's an annual event. Yes. it's it's and, yes. and look, there are things that we all enjoy and look forward to doing every single year. Yeah. With our friends, with our family. Or even just by ourselves because you want to challenge yourself. How about the people that wanted to um, uh, run in the um, the Twin Cities Marathon here? Mm-hmm. Remember this past summer? And it was it was too hot. Canceled because it was too and hot. And people yeah. couldn't qualify to get to, was it to Boston? Yes. I yep. think they were trying to qualify to get to qualify Boston. Qualify to get to the Boston Marathon, and yeah. just So it sucked for them. This is no different. Yeah, no, it, it, it it's not. And you know, not only enjoying it and wanting to go out – because, I mean, it, this has been around for 40 years, well, 39. So you want to try and push it off because you know that it's going to get colder, but there's still so much uncertainty with what's going to happen. 
it is very unfortunate that we've been able to enjoy the mild weather in terms of it not being encompassing and you know problematic in terms of travel and everything. But there are people out there who, I mean, this is also income for them. Like this is part of, uh, you know, of, of how they make their living. So I, I understand the people that are struggling. Yes. And, and there are people that are going to miss out on money in Duluth. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and, like when, and it's, whenever, whenever, it sucks for them. Whenever you have events like this in your town, it's those, revenue. Are, those are revenue and money makers for your city and for specific businesses. So it does suck. Yeah, because because there are some benchmarks, Henry, that some of these these communities, they bank on certain things yep. happening. And if they don't, then you're shorting yourself for a good amount of How about people that want to make extra money with the uh, snow plowing and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we get it. It, it sucks. Yeah, it does suck. It sucks for you guys. It does. So so as much as we, we have fun talking about it's not a white Christmas, it does. It is a bummer. All right, coming up next. It's sad to see Tom Emmer endorse Donald Trump for president in 2024 for one reason. I get to it next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.